encourage your complete cooperation. Send your roses when they think you need to smile. I can't control myself because I don't know how. When they love me for it, honestly, I'll be here for a while. So give them blood, blood, gallons of the stuff. Give them all that they can drink and it will never be enough. So give them blood, blood, blood. Grab a glass because there's going to be a flood. Hello and welcome back to L Space. This is a series in which we, I guess, do investigative reporting uh, on e-books, specifically the e-books of author Bella Forrest, of which we have read some to prepare for <laughs> today. Or is it just a series where we read bullshit? <laughs> I mean, that could be described as all of our series. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know this what is... separates this from our other ones, but you know, it's all arbitrary. No, literally, the the only difference between this series and the other series is that we read books in this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Books instead of, like, um, Wayback Machine posts. Yeah. Yes. Books <laughs> instead of Patreon posts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we read A Shade of Vampire, which is... Uh, I have a summary, but, yeah, it's Bella Forrest's first novel. From 2012. Um, and it feels like a first novel. I mean, it feels like a Wattpad novel. It's so yeah, bad. It doesn't feel like a book. It feels more like a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is not only the first Bella Forest novel, but it's also uh, it's also the first novel of what can be considered, you know, her magnum opus, yeah. her main <laughs> series, because all of her other series is has like have like either. Three or seven or twenty uh, books each. This one has. This one had the last time we looked like ninety-two, mm. but I think there's a new one out since then. Oh god damn! Mm. So. Okay, I'll adjust my yeah. summary accordingly. And I will say, I read to the summary for the ninety-first book in this series, and it was insane <laughs> and involved clones. <laughs> yeah, and somehow the like, what the fuck are the characters' names? Sophia, Derek, Derek and Sophia are still are still relevant at that point. I know. I would have thought. You think they'd be dead? Like, <laughs> maybe it's like you know, each book is each book takes place over a month. <laughs> maybe they just later like, come back after like a few series of not being there, and now they're different. Yeah, characters or whatever. I have to assume she eventually gets turned into a vampire, and that's how the series can keep going. I think so. It's implied. Mm. Um, she's his mate. <laughs> oh yeah, I I hate that shit. We'll get. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do do the summary in a second, but also just really quickly um, a trigger warning for sexual assault for this episode because this book uh, does not do a very good job. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some even worse stuff in the next one that is implied in this one, but it's gone into more mm. detail, and it's not. It's not great. It's not very nice. It's not that... Like, I haven't read the next one, but it's not that this book is, like, handling sexual assault badly. It's more like this book has sexual assault in it and doesn't handle it at all. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, it has no consequences to any of the characters involved. Nope. It's very grim. So, if... Yeah. Just a little warning for that and then I will get into my summary of the book now and then we will discuss afterwards because I have many many points and I think the others do too (laughs) yeah this is gonna be I think this episode is gonna be a mess because (laughs) 
I don't I don't know how to even tackle this book. <laughs> I'll begin. I'll begin. Mm-hmm. A Shade of Vampire is the first book in the 93 installment long series of the same oh name God. by Bella Forrest. It focuses on the life of one Sophia Claremont, a girl with no parents and no personality. The book begins at a football match Sophia is attending to support her friend, unofficial foster brother and crush, whose name is Ben. This scene is confusing, but what it's meant to do is make sure the audience is aware that Sophia has brain problems. (laughs) (laughs) Later, (laughs) Later, whilst joining Ben on his family holiday, Sophia is whisked away by a mysterious, almost handsome vampire to the shade, a mysterious island where the sun never shines. Here, she is informed that she is one of five girls chosen to be in the harem of Derek Novak, <laughs> a vampire royalty. Derek has been asleep for 400 years, and impressed with her micro displays of compassion, he makes her his personal slave. Derek and his siblings Vivienne and Lucas, who is extremely <laughs> creepy, and also the one that kidnaps Sophia to begin with, take the girls to their apartment, which is high up in a redwood treehouse. It is here we learn some tiny details about the shade, which is that the vampires live in trees much in the same way Wookiees do, and every location mm-hmm. is a capitalised noun. The cells, the sanctuary, the pavilion, etc. Yep. We meet another character named Corinne, who is a witch descendant of Cora, the witch who originally created the shade. She's also a final year psych major, and don't worry about <laughs> that little detail, because we're going to talk about it later. Do- I totally forgot that got mentioned earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Oh, it's a mess. Okay. During her time in Derek's capture, Sophia tries to escape one time, is repeatedly stalked by Lucas, and bonds with the other kidnapped girls in the harem. You don't need to know their names, because they don't matter one single bit in this story. Derek takes some time out of his busy schedule of being an ancient vampire lord with a harem of 17-year-old girls to teach (laughs) Sophia some self-defence because he fancies her a little bit. She suggests that he should let the other girls train too, and he ignores her. Next thing we know, his deranged brother Lucas has mauled one of the other girls, Gwen, to death. And Derek gets really mad because this is destruction of property. (laughs) (laughs) After this, he gets Sophia to sleep in his bed with him, although nothing overtly sexual happens. And he finally lets the other girls take vampire self-defense. Sophia and Derek are hanging out one day, having absolutely zero chemistry, when a fancy lady vampire, who I don't think matters very much to the story, turns up. And who should she have? Oh, no, she, she does. She does. Oh, she does? Okay. I can't remember yeah. her name. And who should she um, have as her personal Claudia. 17-year-old slave but Ben, Sophia's human well. friend from the beginning? Derek notices some sparks between the two, which he hates, so he orders the lady vampires to give him Ben to keep an eye on their potential teenage romance. The climax of the book takes place in the sunroom, which is a room in the apartment Sophia has had decorated with a ton of light and some beach frescoes because she was missing normal sunrises. The book describes the characters loving this room, but I can't picture it without imagining how insanely fake and tacky it must look. <laughs> yeah, it just looked like horrible. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Sophia and Ben are having a discussion when Lucas turns up, suplexes Ben, and threatens Sophia again with sexual assault. He gets pretty far, but before anything can happen ish, Derek storms in and almost kills him, but for some reason, Sophia pleads to spare his life. Lucas lives, but Derek decides to send Sophia and Ben away for her safety. But they kiss and some fate stuff happens and locks into place. Vivienne Um. then has a vision in the last chapter that is functionally a next time sequence of a shitty TV episode on the sci-fi channel (laughs) advertising the next book, A Shade of Blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what happens in this book, mostly. It's pretty short. Mm. 
It is pretty short, but yet it is, so much has fit into it that it's It's amazing. barely a book. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it has book length, but I guess let's talk about like before we I think like the more interesting stuff about this book is like in the insane details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's talk about like overarching plot question mark themes yeah. structure a little <laughs> um, bit. So this is no structure. No, God, so it no. does this horrible the thing. Pacing which is, is insane. Yeah. So anyone who has read any sort of mediocre fan fiction um, is familiar with constant POV shifts. Um, not in like a Game of Thrones way, but in a way where it's like every character it just changes POVs almost at random to another character um, so that there's never any tension or like mystery to anything Mm -hmm. yeah because there's ways to do that uh, or or ways in which POV shifts make sense and like one of those would be for example just spitballing here if the characters are in a different location yes exactly or if there's like multiple plot lines or whatever but this (laughs) is not even one plot line There's two characters who constantly interact and we just shift back and forth between their perspectives. Usually it's like, it's, it's, it literally is like Sophia Derek, Sophia Derek, Sophia Derek, mm-hmm. Sophia Derek. Mm-hmm. And this happens after like two or three pages usually. Yes. I think, I think one of the things that I'm pretty sure the POV changes that are there to serve characters acting out of character, not that they have much to begin with. And so like, if you want a character to do something you can't justify them doing, you just switch to the other character's perspective and you don't mm-hmm. have to explain it. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so that we're never like, um, damn, it would be interesting if you were like, does he care about Sophia or is he just like attracted to her or is, is this a temporary thing? And you don't have any of that mystery because you just know what he's thinking all the time because you get to see it. And this is definitely contrasted with Dark Light, which I'll talk about later, which is just one character's perspective. And it's way better written anyway. <laughs> but you, you, there is more tension because you're not hearing everyone's thoughts all the time. It's like the shitty narration in, um, uh, in Dune. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point that people will understand. Yeah, it's just like a voiceover that there doesn't need to be a voiceover. You don't yeah, need we're to specifically say talking about doing the David Lynch movie version, not about the book, because the book no, doesn't have the, that. No, in the movie. It's just like every time something happens, it just has a random character's like voiceover thoughts. Um, yeah. Almost. And it's like there's never any mystery about anything because everyone just says their thoughts out loud for no and reason. And then there's like other tension killing stuff uh, resulting from this. Like the, the one example, like this isn't, this isn't even that much of an inner thoughts problem but there's a scene in the book where like one of the other girls i think gwen Mm. uh gets killed by lucas like drank out fully yeah you know and we see this first from derek's perspective and then in the next sophia pov chapter this is still treated like a big reveal like a big shock moment you already read it. it Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a mystery as well because Derek is like Sophia doesn't tell Derek that his brother Lucas killed her and like got really handsy with her um, mm. because she's worried about what he'll do and Derek doesn't know this so you have this opportunity where you know we could not have Sophia's perspective on it and just be in Derek's head with him like trying to figure out who did it and he probably suspects his brother but there's no mystery at all because. We know who did it, and uh-huh. like it's 
it's obvious anyway. There's about five characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and one of them is Eva. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about, like, I don't know, there's so much to talk about. Um, Yeah, we can get to the characters. I just want to point out, like, one more uh, structural stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think we can talk about, like, my favorite example of this later, because it's uh, one of my favorite, like, maybe my favorite chapter in the book. But the pacing of this book is, like, the first 40-ish pages have, like, a breakneck pace. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. It goes so fast, and then once we arrive in the shade, it just drags so much. Nothing happens, and then no... at the end, there's like some, there's once again a ton of events happening, but then <laughs> it doesn't reach a conclusion because it has no ending. Like it just oh, this, ends yeah. in a. This book I, doesn't have an ending. It's so funny. Yeah, I can't even no say it's a cliffhanger because it's not. Like it's not a cliffhanger ending. It's it's just that. Well, I have written enough for one book <laughs> let's publish it well they sort of they escape wait no but they don't they, they, <laughs> they don't. don't shit Cause okay because the, the beginning of the next book with... starts with them escaping the island and she has to have this big thought about whether or not she wants to leave him because they had yeah. a good kiss and it was sexy it ends um, in a very grossly described kiss which yeah. i think we'll get to and i don't know why it couldn't have ended with that with them like escaping the island and it and then him being like damn this will have consequences but instead it's like them making out <laughs> and then vivienne in another room wakes up in a sweat in bed like yeah. oh my god <laughs> she says the darkness is coming which is but this, apparently the main problem of the series this making out incident should be should have been like a halfway point mm-hmm. of the book maybe mm. if if that's gonna be the thing that you're going for like if if you're actually going for okay it's gonna be a love story or whatever and Derek is gonna turn against the other vampires which you know it's kind of bullshit but still like it's something right so this feels like a kind of turning point in the book and then you know we can build the tension from there but no it's just the last thing that happens <laughs> I think it's very funny that Derek wakes up after 400 years mm-hmm. and all the vampires that he helped save have now got loads of like slaves <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wakes I mean, up and he's like, why do you guys live in tree houses? There's a lot of slaves around here. And they're like, we did as you wanted. And he's like, ah. He's like, we have a harem now. So it's revealed later and briefly in the second book that they did have slaves before and there was an uprising and he like killed a bunch of them. Oh, um, kidding. But he, he, he wakes up in this one and is like, damn, fucked up. We have harems now. What's that about? Mm. Should we talk about oh, that kind of yeah. like themes and world building and character stuff? So. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. I have, like, vaguely chronological notes. Okay. Which is good because we can start with the funniest thing that happens in the book. (laughs) Okay, sure. We can get to details. Okay. Okay, I need to find my, like, actual quote for this because I was too caught up with the psychology bit. Is it the thing that Ben says Yes, it is. Do you have the quote? I'm gonna have it. I have too many notes. It's the most highlighted quote, so it should be easy to find. It's got like um, 1,200 highlights. I don't think it displayed that for me on mine. Maybe we pushed it over the edge. Okay, let me me find it. Um, Popular (laughs) highlights. Uh, Here it is. It has 1,156 highlights. 
Mm-hmm. And it is, I know an excuse when I hear one. Don't you dare deceive yourself into believing that you're the victim, Sophia Claremont. Oh, no, I was thinking of the hooking up bit, but this is important too. Oh, so this no, because this happens earlier. I thought, yeah, yeah really the earliest yeah. thing. No, so this is, that's what Ben says to her. Like, it starts at this, like, American football game at their high school or whatever. Um, and she starts, like, having a panic attack, basically, because of the crowd. Um, and Ben, in a really baller move, holding the football, runs up to her, says that line, which rude. <laughs> um, and then everyone on the pitch is like, you've got the ball. <laughs> and then he says, friends before friends football. Before and football. everyone cheers. It's because he's hot and they're all like, damn, the sexy guy's being nice to his friend. And they're like, wow. Mm-hmm. He's literally so leaving cool. a game with the ball in his hand. <laughs> But it ends with the line, because um, he goes off with Tonya, who's like a sexy girl. Um, yeah, so Ben's this weakness is, the... is sexy girls. <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> no, let's actually like about the victim thing, like just one more thing, mm-hmm. because it okay. just makes no sense. Because this no. is, so Sophia having a panic attack because she's in the crowd. And Ben says, I know an excuse when I hear one. Which is interesting because she didn't say she's anything. Not, she didn't give an excuse. She's having a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. She's not She's not saying anything to him that he will, she would be able to hear an excuse, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't uh-huh. you dare deceive yourself into believing that you're the victim, Sophia Claremont. I'm saying this so slowly because I still don't understand He's... what the fuck this is supposed to mean. I know what this is. And this is like... You have an idea for a story, and then in your head you mm. come up with this really badass line. Mm. You yeah. think it's a badass line. Um, and then you write the story, and you realize you don't know where to put it. So <laughs> you put it in literally the like fifth page of the book, and then also further into the book where it doesn't make any sense at all, even yeah, less it's so gonna than the come first back. one. <laughs> well, it's going to come thought- back multiple times, and every time it's funnier than the previous time. Yeah. I thought she included it because she wanted her to say it to Vampire Derek, so she could, so yeah, yeah, he would yeah. stop I think feeling that's it. bad about being about the fact that he really wants to eat people and be like, maybe that doesn't make you a victim. Maybe that just means you want to eat people. And then she was like, but how? Why would she say this? And it's like, wow, maybe her bestest buddy Ben, who's also who she lives with, so it's like her foster brother and also who she's in love with, um, mm. will say this to her. And I guess it's at a football match because he's a football boy. Mm. Um, now, making the assumption that this book has themes, uh, <laughs> which might be a huge leap, but let's if we give it like huge benefit of it out, then this is this is probably what's the closest to it, right? Because it comes back several times and it's established this early, and it has a payoff later. Which which bit is the theme? The being a victim? I, I yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that Sophia is a victim. Yeah, she kind of is. But but because then she says it to Derek like later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When this comes back, is at the it makes no sense the way it comes back because yeah. this is when she first sees Derek. Mm-hmm. Derek like she and a dozen other girls get abducted. Are presented in front of this sexy brooding vampire. They're all scared shitless. Mm-hmm. And then she first tries to calm herself by repeating these words because it has always helped her so much for whatever mm-hmm. reason, because these are the least helpful words in the <laughs> world. 
for whatever reason, these words have helped Sophia her entire life when she had a panic attack. So she starts repeating it to herself and then she says it, she, she says out loud, I know an excuse when I hear one. Don't you dare deceive yourself into believing that you're the victim, Derek Novak. But she says this to him after he's body slammed her into a pillar and nearly broken her spine. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he's trying <laughs> to like nod on her neck and she's like... You're not the victim. It's because she looks into his eyes and sees the pain there. But he's in I mean, no he's, way he's in the situation a victim. I know she's being like, you're not a victim to like your thirst or whatever, but he's very yeah. much the predator here. Yeah, he's yeah, literally he not a victim let, He wants to eat. He's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Derek kind of snacky. <laughs> he's feeling a little snacky. He woke up from his he woke up from his nap and he's feeling he's got the munchies. Snacky. He got munchies. <laughs> There's. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much that's incredible about this. Going back to when she's abducted, she literally, like, this guy turns up and is like, I'm a spooky vampire, and just, like, stabs her in the neck with a needle. And this is, like, on page, like, nine or something, so it's <laughs> so good. It's like we get the tiniest build-up, and then, bam, vampire needle yeah. neck, and suddenly she wakes up on this, like, dark island. Yeah, let's, let's do that yeah. chapter, because that's, like, my favourite chapter yeah. in the entire book, because this happens... So much happens in this chapter. So let's let's give a brief breakdown of what's happening here. So I think it's like technically two chapters back to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it starts with... So Sophia is on a family holiday with Ben and Ben's parents uh, and his five-year-old sister. And mm. this has been kind of like Sophia's foster family because apparently her mom had some sort of mental illness and I don't know what happened to her dad. He just left her and just he abandoned left, yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, this is basically her first family and they're on a family holiday. And Ben is her best friend um, and she has a crush on him. So they have, uh, they have lunch or dinner or whatever with the family. I think dinner. And then uh, she says, hey, Ben. I, it's gross and I hate it. I'm just putting that out there. What, fancying your foster brother? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, known, this is, apparently since she was like nine, which is like mm, this. This know. does not get elaborated at all. Like she always talks about him as my best friend, mm. never as my, always talks about him as like my sexy best friend, never as like my half brother. No, yeah, well, uh, from it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. We'll talk about Ben later. I'll yeah. tell you some stuff about Ben. <laughs> so she tells Ben, "Hey Ben, let's go. Let's go walk." along the beach. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, hell yeah. Then Amelia says, like, Ben's little sister says, I want to go too. And then their parents say, no, Amelia, you need to go to sleep. I don't know why this was in there, but <laughs> okay. Because they want her and him to be alone because they support the oh, great. quasi-incestual cool, cool, pairing. Cool. <laughs> anyway, so they start walking down the beach and she has all these inner thoughts about how I always wanted him, but he always had these sexy girlfriends and... <laughs> I this am... book hates women. I'm putting it out there. Oh, fully. <laughs> and she, she's like, they, they, they've always been rotating and he never kept any of them for very long. But I was always there as a safe anchor. But they're also so much hotter than I am. What the fuck am I even doing here? And, but, but if I shoot my chance here, I won't, I won't have another chance like this. We're going to be together the entire week. It's going to be my birthday tomorrow. It's going to be great. Uh, this is the perfect time to actually start a relationship with Ben if he's interested. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna tell it to him. And then she says, Ben, I... And 
then there's a voice coming from behind that's like hi ben and it turns out it's and then there's there's a girl in like in a dripping bikini or whatever yeah he's really sexy the book is like, it's like a look at this bikini. sexy other uh. woman uh. yeah and it's tanya ben's eggs and she's like hey ben can we have a minute And then Sophia gets really angry, but, like, she lets him go. And then Ben comes back, and she's like, hey, we made up. We're gonna hook up for the next three days. <laughs> Leaving her alone on his family holiday. It's so Honestly, funny. a king move. I support it. Yeah, at this point when I was reading, I was like, hey, Ben, that was a pretty chad move of you. I don't know. <laughs> you take a girl on your family holiday, bump into an ex, and you're like... I'm sorry, she's really, she's absolutely smoking. I've got to go. She's sexy. I got confused <laughs> in my dickies. And now I have to go have sex for three days. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and this happens at page 24. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends with the line, friends before football, but not friends before lovers. Damn. Deep. It's really deep when you think about it. So is it football before lovers? Um, ambiguous. <laughs> no, I think it's like, I think it's like uh, lovers. lovers, then friends, then football. Oh, football okay. is the least important. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think football. it's like a triangle? It's like a stone, rock, paper, scissors situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, at the beginning of book two, we get, uh, just a, it's, so in book two, it's like, what if we just have everyone's perspectives rather than just Derek and Sophia's? Oh, um, So we, we get we briefly get Lucas's POV and it's just him being like, Oh, I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such an evil dude. Oh, I'm evil. I I want to drink the blood of Sophia because I did it once and now I'm obsessed with her. And then also we get Ben's perspective where he's just like, damn, Sophia's hot. But I always knew I had her on lock, so I had sex with other women so I could come back to her eventually. Because I knew from the day she was delivered to our door that she would be mine forever. And I'm like, okay. Ew, 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 ew. Cool stuff. He loves that she's vulnerable. The yeah. whole Ben plot is like, uh, God, should I? Yeah, let's go chronologically because the next chapter, like the one that follows immediately, it starts with... Some of the like the funniest sent the funniest three sentences of the book I think it starts the like I I I have this open here so this is chapter three chapter three of the book chapter three Sophia mm -hmm. I suppose that the moment I saw Tanya running toward us in that skimpy gold bikini I already <laughs> knew that I'd lost my chance with Ben at least for this vacation when Ben sought me out later that evening it was to inform me that he'd made up with Tanya and they'd be hooking up for the next three days, after which she'd be heading back to California. She'd invited him to go on a scuba diving trip with her off the coast of Mexico for three days, leaving early the next morning and returning late on the last day. <laughs> They're already in Cancun. Like, what's... Like, he's just like, sorry, Sophia, I'm gonna leave you with my parents in Mexico, somewhere you've never been before, I assume. Have fun, hope mm -hmm. you speak Spanish. <laughs> Gonna leave you with my parents and my little sister so that I can have sex. <laughs> yeah. Bullet hey, move. mom, dad, I'm just gonna fuck a little for the next few days. You have fun so with... I know, I know this is a family holiday, but I have to spend all my time with sexy Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> my parents would have, have an you issue if bikini? I went on holiday with them, bumped into an ex and was like, I'm sorry, guys, I know you planned this and now I sort out my work schedule, but I've really gotta go and fuck for a while. <laughs> <laughs> my parents would have a problem with that 
Yeah. Even now, when I'm an adult, they'd have a problem with it. There's... Yeah, it's just disrespectful. We hear nothing of their parents. They're there. Yeah. They read books and newspapers. They get upset when they disappear. When they come back, they're like, damn, what yeah. happened? That was upsetting. But they're not important. No. So in this next chapter, like in this chapter where the, we learn that Ben has hooked up with Tanya for the next three days, is also <laughs> Sophia's birthday. <laughs> I'm quoting... He'd already made his choice clear. Tanya was more important to him than me. I doubted that he would have ever forgotten her birthday. And could I really blame him? He probably (laughs) would. Ben seems like the type to forget everyone's birthdays. Yeah. So then, yeah, she's like, she was like emo for a day because Ben forgot his birthday. And then he goes to sleep. And then he's woken up by, I quote, I was close to, it was close to midnight when I felt a gentle hand touch my shoulder. I guessed that it was Ben, so I kept deathly still, my eyes sealed shut pretending that I was sleeping. I felt warm fingers brush the hair away from my face. I'm sorry, Sophia, he whispered. So Ben just fucking shows up and creeps on her while she's sleeping to tell her that I'm sorry I forgot about, her, about your birthday while I was having great sex with my total babe of an ex-girlfriend. Tanya. Yeah, he apologized, which is nice. <laughs> It's so funny because I just, I'm picturing him sneaking in through the window like Edward in Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not even a vampire. He's just a 17 year old boy. I, mm-hmm. this is insane. I, <laughs> but he's very sexy. Mm, he's he's um, a football boy. He's very, um, in, if we're talking about it in terms of like the vampire diaries, he's very matte. Yeah, he's a bit of a matte. That's true. Um, definitely as well how he is later in the next book where he's like twisted. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the on the next page, like this this chapter, this is probably my favorite chapter. Like this is what I was mentioning because so much happens in so little time. Like this once again starts with her being informed that Ben has hooked up. Then it's her birthday. Uh, she's emo. Then Ben shows up, and then she runs away. <laughs> Yeah. She just fucking runs away from Ben, and it says, I was still wearing my bikini, dried out hours mm-hmm. ago in the afternoon sun, so she fucking went to sleep in her bikini. Yeah. <laughs> and just runs away with it, in it. And then she's running on the beach, <laughs> and then she meets Lucas. He just turns like up that? out of the blue, like, hello, Sophia. Yeah. And then he sticks a needle in her neck. Yeah. By the way, so this is another thing. Um, if you listen to our last episode where we did the Harley Merlin book, um, there's an excerpt at one of, at the bottom of one of the websites we read where it has like a, a chapter excerpt from this book. That chapter is nowhere to be seen. The little like yeah. taster we got is not in this book at all. Not at all. Yeah. So is that from a later book or is it just not in any of? It them? might just be from a different book. I don't know. Because it said it was. They seem the confused. One. Because the version they seem to put like they seem to have like reviews for the wrong books and like bits for the wrong books. I think there's just like a lack of organization in the um, in the uh, Bella Forest headquarters. <laughs> BFH about which vampire book is which. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, but this is also like the expanded edition that has like ten thousand words added. Yeah, what words were those? <laughs> what was it like before? <laughs> it already feels fast. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe it's just all the Derek POVs weren't in it before and they were like, what if we add them? I can't imagine yeah. how incomprehensible this book would be if the Derek POVs weren't in it. <laughs> It'd be a bit intriguing, I think. It would be, be like, better. Oh, what's I going on? Derek. Oh, we all yeah, Derek, Derek sucks. So yeah, at I this point, like, at this point, like, this is this is where the good part of the book ends to me because like this this chapter was amazing, and then we get to the vampires, and then it's like sex slaves and stuff, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is not great. And then the alternating POV start, uh, and then I I I thought it didn't like you know there were like funny details on it whatever, but it didn't pick up to me up until the point where Derek learns about movies, <laughs> which was my other favorite chapter. <laughs> Good one. We got it. I can't wait to talk about that. I like it because Derek's simultaneously this old vampire, but also like a little baby. Yeah, he can't. He's not really either one. It's almost like he's got an inconsistent character. Mm-hmm. I, um... It's almost like he's not got not have a character. <laughs> yeah, because we have the next bit, which is like she she gets taken to this like vampire island, and it's like her and like four or five other girls. And then Vivienne is there, like, okay, we have to prepare them. And then they go to, like, a spa? <laughs> it's like a... Un- they must be bathed. Yeah. Yeah. They get, like, washed and and have, like, a proper spa treatment before they get shown to him. And she's so calm. This is the thing. This book doesn't have any emotions in it. Not really. Mm. Oh, but you know, you know why she's so calm? Because she's cool? No, no, no. No, it's her disorder. Oh, it's oh, oh yeah. I've got a lot. <laughs> I've got a lot about that. Once we get to it, because uh, oh boy, I mean, it's so funny. I just love the IQ stuff. Um, I mean, I can go yeah, into there, it now if you want. I I don't know if there's anything that's worth discussing in the like normal shades chapters. Like, I think the Derek learns about movies chapter and the psychologist chapter. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the good moments. Yeah. Of that like other otherwise it's like I don't know what else to say about how it's like the whole r- romance mm-hmm. the way it's built up it's is nothing. like not yeah it's not great yeah. it's like super you know power imbalance but it's like criticisms I feel hesitant to even hurl at this book because clearly whoever wrote this didn't think one second about implications no. Nope. There's, like, mm. a straight-up line. Like, Derek is meant to be this really, like, sexy love interest, but there's a line in this where Sophia says, I made a conscious effort to keep my jaw from dropping. Was he actually asking for my consent? That's a yeah. line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn, this is woke, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, like the- later towards the end, she's like, I, 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 I couldn't explain this to Ben, but Derek was different. And like, how the fuck is he different? Come on. <laughs> Because come on, come on, he Sophia. didn't do anything. It's like the classic. This guy's, this guy's a monster, but he's slightly nicer to me while still being a monster. But you couldn't, like, yeah. you could put a Stockholm syndrome thing to it, but and it might be that. But once again, the author thinks so little about what is happening. Like, I think just putting consistent character motivations and like things that, just the assumption that things would make sense or add mm. up to anything is it's like going too far mm-hmm. well it's just the entire the entire premise of this vampire society is that they're just like a bunch of vampires who have a bunch of human slaves of varying mm. levels and they just like snack on them occasionally <laughs> and that's just that's just like a thing and then 
Yeah, it's, they're harvested like at 17, but they're only supposed to drink them at 18 because that's where their blood gains taste. Yeah, it's when it's richer because they're I like of age. At, what are at the, the age of 18, the blood changes. Yeah, what are the implications that meant to be? Like, I know this book is American, so this is like vampires conforming to only drinking blood from people who are over the legal age for sexual consent, but they will kidnap them at 17 and keep them as slaves. Yeah. Which is moral, if you think about it. <laughs> but then there's, like, a bunch of other human slaves that aren't, like, harem slaves that are just workers and they just, like, do all the do all the building and make things and stuff. Um, yeah. And oh, they're also, just around. What I need to mention, if we're at this part, like, at the... Uh, examining the romance aspects of it, I will also... We will also have to talk about how the reason why Derek falls for her is uh-huh. because at the very beginning when all the slaves all the human slaves human 17 year old girl slaves are brought in front of him are there she grabs the other girl's arms and, and like one of the other girl's arm and gives it a squeeze <laughs> at that moment it's she shows compassion <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Derek <laughs> sees that and he's like damn she's not like the other girls I will yes. now devote my entire attention to only to her and want to possess her and, and it is, want to control her but also love her and it's normal it's so funny because and it's like, romantic he has all these other girls who are like fundamentally exactly the same as Sophia really and like when she's asking him like they're doing self-defense and she's like I think we should let the other girls do this too and he's like mm, I don't know about that and then, like, at the end, mm-hmm. when she's about to leave the island with Ben, she says, like, I wanted to take the other girls with me, but Derek said no. <laughs> he says, this one slave who I love can leave, but it's moral for me to keep the other ones as mm. sex slaves. It's very heavily implied. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, all the other girls are also, like, paid as extras. Like, none of them ever speak a line. No. I think Gwen says yeah. maybe one thing, but then she dies. Yeah, Gwen has an Gwen. Gwen is the nephew of, or the niece of someone who needs an acting guild card, so she gets like one spoken line. <laughs> <laughs> Again, in in the next book, they're all like just like sassy friends who are like, "Damn, we're not worried. Sophia will come back for us." Right. <laughs> and Derek's like, I'm really annoyed by these girls who just keep trying to talk to me, um, but I also don't want to like eat them so i'm just gonna sort of leave them just knock he's just gonna keep them instead of letting them go yeah and one of them's like you won't eat us because that would upset sophia and he's like damn she's right Mm. (laughs) oh also there's like some lore that we learn about how there's vampires and hunters Mm. and that derek used to be a hunter and his but his then it turned out his dad turned into a vampire and he turned him and all his siblings into a vampire but he used to be a vampire hunter and killed a ton mm. of vampires it's it doesn't matter at all for the plot like this is just yeah it's for it's for later stuff there's like all this backstory of in the past where he lived in like a village yeah. and they were vampire hunters and there's a witch called cora who's a human and they were all it, it's literally like the brothers being in love with cora so both lucas and derek are in love with cora and now they're both 
and then uh-huh. with Sophia, and it's just like literally vampire literally diaries. The vampire diaries. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> and also, there's this whole stuff. There's this thing about Cora putting him to sleep for 400 years because he's got this thing called the darkness in him, which yeah. means he'll become evil if he's not like with sexy lady. Oh, um, <laughs> so, and he'll become like a de- a demonic sort of energy thing. Um, but because he's been asleep for 400 years, Cora put a spell on him, so now he's like the super strongest vampire ever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything in this book that is like outlandishly it's, strong. Yeah, all all the actual strongness he has, or like or like all of the actual power he has, is just that everyone regards him as the most powerful vampire. So he's like, yeah. whatever he says is a command, even if they hate him. Mm. Which could yeah. be an interesting commentary, you know. But of course, the book doesn't doesn't do that yeah well i say the next one after sophia leaves he gets really sad and he decides he's like gonna be a general now and he loves fighting and he loves yeah. the military <laughs> um, so he like gets everyone to train all the time and he's like we're gonna have martial law and everyone fucking hates him um okay, and he also spars them on like destroys all of them i'm gonna so, have like, to read the wow. next book <laughs> you are there's this stuff about so there's this thing where she meets Ben again because he was taken by Claudia, mm. who's another vampire. And this is also really fucked up yeah. with implications. Um, oh, because yeah. Claudia tortures him by like cutting him and then healing him. Yeah. Um, but he's still got scars from it and he can't feel anything now because he's been in so much pain. I guess to be like a fun contrast to... Uh, Sophia's disorder where she feels everything mm-hmm. where she feels everything yeah. but then it's also he tells her in the second book that he was like repeatedly raped by Claudia ooh, um, ooh. yeah and, it's, Yikes. and then and then there's just like a brief line where it's like Claudia was like taken as like a child sex prostitute at the age of 9 mm-hmm. and so this is her revenge cuz he looks like the earl what who the bought fuck? her and it's just really fucking awful and like why is this book this book has just, so much just like implications of rape. Like every I know. chapter. Yeah. And there's this one, like you're meant to find Derek this really like attractive, sexy thing. And people on Goodreads and the five star reviews are on board, by the way, which I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Because I just there's a line those. in a Derek POV chapter that says, She'd backed away when I tried to kiss her. Had it been any other woman, I wouldn't have hesitated to force that kiss oh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Cool. Yeah, that oh, line cool. was a lot. Cool, like, cool. I, I'm like, why is Lucas? I mean, no, why but is Lucas supposed to like it because brothers? because he's nice to this one person. <laughs> he's nice in in quotation marks here. Uh, so it's, I mean, so it's fine. Like you, you, you know, you don't have to. It's this is not about how he behaves to the other women. This is about how he behaves yeah. to Sophia, and he's nice to her, and he's special. Mm. I know that's a common thing in like vampire romance where it's like, ah. Oh, he will kill any. He will kill anyone else, but he won't kill you because you're special and you are. Cha- you're changing him with your coolness and your beauty and stuff mm. and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess and it's like, like the classic. Not, like... It's not. It's like a classic fantasy, like romance fantasy thing. But it's like it's sort of awful in this because, uh, because she's a slave yeah. first of all, which is not that. That's not normal <laughs> for vampire fiction. No. Normally they're just. Normally they're just teens. It's not even, and it's not even. By the way, it's not even like, it's not us editorializing by saying no, slaves. No, they call them that. They they literally called that. Yes, 
Um, and also there's just like nothing appealing about him and they have no chemistry. So it just becomes like weird. And she's 17. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and she's like, yeah, but that's like not unusual. That's not no, unusual. No, I know. I know because that's the shit. same case in Twilight and stuff, but Twilight feels a lot less creepy than this does. And oh, um, Vampire Diaries as well. And yeah, she's 17. that's true to begin with. He's also, you know, he was also turned at 17 or whatever. Yeah, and he's been asleep for 400 years, so you know, I don't know. He doesn't behave like a 17 year old. No, no, but that's beside the point. But one thing that I was gonna point out is that this is a part where where we meet this. This is skipping ahead. I, I will want to talk about like other things that happened before, but mm. like speaking of 17, I want to mention this one part where we meet this Claude, we meet Claudia, this other vampire, and he her thoughts about her are like she was always horny for me but i rejected her because she's 30 years older even though she was also turned at 17 what yeah so, so <laughs> like, then it doesn't also she's evil like if we're supposed to believe that derek being with sophia is okay then like the 30 years age difference between claudia and and Derek should be just as okay, first of all. Second of all, like, what? Does it mean, like, she's too old for me because she's 430 years old and <laughs> I'm only 400? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I, I, feel like, I feel like 30 at that. Like, this is just a minor writing thing or minor world building thing, I guess. But, like, I feel like Bella Forrest could have gotten with a, with a larger age age or how much earlier she was turned because 30 years in like 30 years for someone who has been asleep for four centuries shouldn't yeah. be a big thing mm-hmm. uh, anyway i was gonna mention fuck what was i gonna say about an earlier stuff oh yeah i was gonna talk about because you mentioned the fighting thing and that was the other thing mm. i was gonna mention from like the first half of the book i guess before i get we get to the parts we've been teasing all along <laughs> <laughs> but i do want to talk about this just a little bit because uh, there's a part where, like, pretty early on, Derek saves her from someone who's trying to assault and or kill her mm. or drink yeah. her uh, by killing that vampire. And then she's, like, so astonished that vampires can be killed. And she's like, I have seen a ton of vampire movies and books, but when vampires could never were never killable in them. Like, I thought they were immortal like what the fuck kind of vampire books or <laughs> movies or shows were you watching the plot the plot the, of exactly, dracula like, is that they kill dracula the most famous the plot vampire, story vampire, vampire, every vampire story is that they need to be staked like yeah. that's the whole thing of buffy the vampire slayer not buffy the vampire observer <laughs> But in this reality where vampires exist, the vampires like control the media okay. and they don't want to spread any vampire <laughs> uh, any vampire killing facts. You know, so this could be secret. this could be interesting, but then again later we learn that they have the same movies as we have, so Yeah, we do. Well they have the same non vampire movies. We okay. don't know that they have the same That's vampire true. movies. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then like and then she like she knows so little about this that she also like grabs a kitchen knife. As a vampire killing instrument, and then later Derek's like, mm-hmm. oh, that knife won't do you any good. You need to use wooden stakes. So it's like same vampire same vampire rules as everywhere else. They need to be killed with a wooden stake. So yeah. I really don't know why Sophia wouldn't know this. Like, this is the one thing everyone knows about vampires. It's because of her uh, brain problems. She doesn't, uh-huh. she doesn't <laughs> take in the stimulus about vampires 
uh, <gasps> dying. God, our listeners must be like so hungry for the reveal of what her brain pro- problems are. But let's talk about the movies first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so they watch some movies. So like, do they think that happens slightly earlier chronologically? Yeah, because like Derek and Sophia are starting to like hang out with each other a little bit more. Um, there's no chemistry whatsoever, and they barely talk. But she's trying to like teach him how to use technology because he's been asleep for four hundred years. And in their, like, uh, what do they call it? The pavilion? Their, like, redwood penthouse building. They have, like, a, a living room with, like, a TV and stacks of DVDs. She takes them over to the selection of DVDs that they have in um, the penthouse. Derek is picking his movies. And here's the quote. As it turned out, I didn't need to choose for him. He bent down and began examining all the covers and reading the descriptions himself. After ten minutes, he'd narrowed his choice down to two options. (laughs) (laughs) Chicago and The Godfather. (laughs) I realised that they were a reflection of who he was as a person. A musician and a killer whose loyalty to family stood above all else. Tormented. Horny and Italian. (laughs) Tormented with darkness looming over him. Yes, yeah, the musician thing was like mentioned once. Yeah, he is like before a music that room. she has uh-huh. he has like a piano, but it doesn't there's never linger to it. And Sophia is always like, What? A, a vampire who's also who also has musical talent, this is unheard of. <laughs> it's not. It's like literally one of the biggest cliches. Yeah, there's the bits of this where I'm like, this just seems very cribbed from twilight like the piano playing saving her from people yeah. i'm like yes yeah, it's just twilight shit yeah. um and like just why exactly chicago um because he's horny and does crimes <laughs> <laughs> i do i just love the fact that she's there like these two movies that he's picked out yes the first movies he chicago wants to watch and chicago and the godfather and she thinks that that is some kind of representation as to what if you pick something else what if you pick like he doesn't know what they're about he doesn't know what a movie yeah, he is he reads the descriptions of the on the dvds but he's like she's uh, having trouble yeah, but... explaining that they're like fake stories to him yeah yeah <laughs> he knows nothing literally imagine if he picked out like joker and despicable me <laughs> that would be good this, <laughs> she'd have been like wow also, yeah. because he's a little bit of a joker but he's a little bit despicable <laughs> and despicable me is also about a crime uh, boss who's loyalty to his family st- stands above everything else that's so true i i love that they sit down in silence and watch the entirety of The Godfather, and then... The once... entirety of The Godfather. It's a three-hour movie. It's, yeah, just <laughs> over. And then it says, once the film finished, Derek reached for the second one he picks out. Fuck no, I'm not watching another movie after watching the whole of The Godfather. <laughs> I'm not going to be yeah. in the mood. Yeah. But when you want to watch Godfather 2, you'd be like, how does this shake out? Yeah, no, he wants to watch Chicago. <laughs> I mean, I also want to watch yeah, Chicago. I used to make every single one of my friends watch Chicago with me when I was a child. <laughs> it's a good film. I've um, never seen Chicago. Oh, you gotta! Every sleepover, I would make them watch um, Young Frankenstein and Chicago <laughs> until all my friends had seen both of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, I watch Chicago for a future bonus episode if we run out of okay. for a future bonus episode. I'm gonna watch Chicago, and Lucy is gonna watch Your Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah, and we'll have what to find out what like. 
what like famous filmmakers <laughs> movie uh chess hasn't seen yeah um a lot probably uh, anyway i was gonna mention one thing that happens like before slightly before Derek picks his movies because before <laughs> that like after um sophia tells him what the concept of movies are she like reaches into the dvd pile and i quote I pulled one off the shelf randomly, amused to see that it was Night of the Living Dead and placed it in his hands. Now, you might know that Night of the Living Dead is in the public domain, accidentally. Huh. So, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't really own a DVD of it, or if it is, there's a high chance that it's like a cheaply printed, like dollar bin DVD, because like anyone can, anyone has, I would have the rights, and nobody could persecute me for this, to print Uh, Night of the Living Dead on a DVD and sell it. So I didn't <laughs> like, know that. This is a bit of an oversight by the author. Cool. Uh, uh, do you think they knew? And they were like, "This is a fun fact for all you." There's no way they knew. I definitely do <laughs> okay. not think that they knew. <laughs> they only did this because of the next bit, uh, which is the, my next note I have, where Derek like, "Oh, okay, you. This is a movie. Let's watch Night of the Living Dead then." And then she's like, wait, that's a horror movie. I think you'll agree. There's enough horror surrounding us already. Not Derek. Does he agree? He, he loves this. Derek's like, what horror? This is how we live. Exactly. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> this is only horror for... But not even for Sophia. Like, she also, she likes it at this point. Yeah, she's fine with it. Mm -hmm. they, they're walking through town and seeing other people with their slaves. And she's like, whoa, they're getting treated badly. Glad I'm with him. Like... She's fine with it. It's it's very she loves, she loves it. it. She might love it because she's got some problems. Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, I also I also highlighted um Sophia's gonna be fine. Corinne was in her senior year of psychology when we dragged her down here. We all know she's going to help Sophia. Mm -hmm. So um and also the line where This I just thought this was very funny where they're dancing and <laughs> Sophia's like, uh, there's no music. I reminded him in a whisper. In my head sphere, there's always music. <laughs> I found the thought of music. That must be interesting. It's like you come with your own background music. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> First of all, no, and second of all, that's like what um Chad in yes! high school musical has on yes, the t-shirt. That's exactly that's what like I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> what? first thought that popped into my head when that came up. Uh-huh. I'm gonna edit a picture of Derek Novak onto that top. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good joke. So, we want to talk about psychology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're gonna talk about psychology. And Let's um, get to the good part. <laughs> I got a C at A-level, so um, I'm clearly the most qualified person here. Mm. My Was sister that, is, um... like, actually, like... She actually has a bachelor's degree in psychology and is doing her master's now. So she's about as good a psychologist, if not better, than, <laughs> than Vivian is in this. Oh, wait, it's not Vivian. Corinne. Is it Vivian? Corinne, yeah. Corinne. Corinne. Yeah, the names, because this, this book has normal name disease. So yeah, Derek the Vampire. There's another vampire Lucas. called Kyle, which I think is really funny. There's one named Evan. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, Evan the Vampire. It's just, I mean, like, Derek's felt like this is what the werewolf is called in Teen Wolf as well. Yeah, but it's horny um, then as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know, they're more normal. They're not meant to be, like, ancient vampires. They're just meant to be, meant to be like, yeah, know, teens. But Derek, is, Derek in this is meant to be, like, about 500, right? So Yeah. The, 
I am really confused about where they're from. Kiev, um, probably, given the rest of the book series. Okay. But then their names no, aren't like that, be. so I don't know. No, but it's... Hmm, good question. Yeah, because there might noted. be some that, like, Evan or whatever, Jonas, maybe <laughs> got, maybe a, a younger vampires, got, they got turned when they were in America, if they're, like, migrants. Mm. Uh, but, like, I guess, like, Derek Novak could be an Eastern European name, if you squint. Yeah. Lucas or Vivienne, I'm not sure about those. Definitely no. I think Vivienne's, like, a they're French just, name, right? They're just cool vampire names. They're like, oh, vampires have names beginning with V because it's, like, vampire and it's also sexy. What if they have sexy names? Lucas. <laughs> Vivienne <laughs> Claudia, which is the name of a vampire in um Interview with a Vampire. It's just great stuff. Yeah, no, I love it. It's it's really I just like the idea of calling a vampire Derek. If you're trying to like set him up as this big warlord and you're like, oh, that's a scary name. Derek. They should call the vampire Sh- Charlotte. It should be Charlotte the vampire. I'll write I'll write that for you one day. But but I for now I want to talk about uh Sophia's uh, mental issues. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Which is where, like, at the beginning, <laughs> it's established that she has this thing where if she's in an environment with, like, too much going on, she has a panic attack, which, like, honestly, same. Mm-hmm. It gets this is a normal thing, right? Like, this is a normal thing to have a yeah. panic attack where, yeah. you know, when you're yeah. amongst a crowd of people. She's, like, literally saying that uh, she's, like, shoulder to shoulder to her uh, foster mom and... Her foster sister, I think. Yeah. So, you know, this is a situation where it seems pretty normal to just to just have a panic attack. Yeah, it can have... It's just, know, like, without... a very common symptom of generalized anxiety yeah. disorder. But because she's yeah. special, <laughs> it is not that. So, mm. we've established the, that... The, also, the, at the beginning, it's also established that this is... This might be because her mom was crazy, so maybe there's craziness going on in the family. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, and she's kind of afraid of this. She's like, damn, I don't want to be like my mom yeah. and get... Does, does her mom... Wait, does her mom... What happens we to her? We don't know. She gets sent to an institution I or something. I think so. I don't remember. She's they say the... she like disappears, and it doesn't say she's dead. It just says that she's like, That's gone. Because they she's the fucking... Uh, yeah. The guy's wife in Jane Eyre, I think. <laughs> yeah. She's in the attic. Yeah, she's in yeah. the top floor of the penthouse in the big tree in the shade. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so she once she's on better terms with Derek she um, gets like scratched up by Lucas and she goes to visit Corinne to do some like healing magic and stuff which seems silly because Derek can heal her but while she's there Corinne is there like I've noticed that she has a problem and she talks to Derek on the side and she's like I think she's got problems please let me see her for like two hours a week or whatever it is two hours a day something Mm-hmm. And Derek's like, all right. So let's let's stress once again that she was like in her senior year of psychology, so she's not a practiced therapist. No, she's just a. It's psychology just a psych like major. so much. She's just a student. Like you can also do, I don't know, uh, fucking, you know, there's so many forms of psychology that you can do, like in clinical psychology or uh, mm-hmm. cognitive psychology or whatever. So it's entirely possible that you have a master's in psychology or even you know a dissertation and would not be able to do therapy on someone yeah but she doesn't really do Mm -hmm. therapy anyway um which (laughs) she sits down with Sophia um and we don't even really get this conversation 
we get like, I talked to Corinne, I was enjoying our time together. And it's implied that time has passed, like days mm-hmm. or at least like a week. And like, she's grateful for having that time with her. Derek's off doing whatever the fuck he does. Um, and eventually Corinne comes to a diagnosis. She says, you have something called LLI, um, which stands for, where have I put my notes? Here we go. It's low, oh, I didn't actually, I just wrote LLI. It's really I, low, I found it. Low latent, low latent inhibition. Low latent inhibition. Um, and she says, mm. and Sophia's like, does that mean I'm going to go crazy? And she's like, no, most people who have LLI do end up with mental issues. Unless they have a high enough IQ to handle it. <laughs> You're one of those lucky few. Most people who are She's able to... She's too smart to get a mental yeah. illness. She says most people who are able to handle LLI have high levels of empathy and are also very perceptive of others. They're creative geniuses. <sighs> um, so let's break down like just this one paragraph. Because this is the most <laughs> insane thing that happens in the entire book. So... <laughs> Like, <laughs> most people who have LLI do end up with mental issues. Untrue. So, people are having this, you know, and most of them will get what mental issues? Well, I see, I did quite a lot of research into this before we started recording. Okay, let's get to that in a second. But yeah. Yeah, okay, we've established most people get this unless they have high <laughs> enough IQ to handle it. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> one of those lucky few. Most people are able to handle have high levels of empathy. So, like, famously people... Famously <laughs> high empathy and high IQ. Okay, like, you know, we know IQ is made up. Yeah, but even if it weren't, even if IQ... Because I actually listened to a podcast about this. <laughs> and it was, like, basically her take on it was, like... It was about uh, someone who did an IQ test as a joke and then joined Mensa as a joke and then uh, talked about her experiences about that. Oh, I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and she talked about how, like, let me make this clear, having a high IQ just, like, ever, anyone can end up, uh, you know, doing an IQ test and end up uh, having the having a paper that they have a high IQ because we are trained to do good at... Uh, formalized tests Mm -hmm. first of all and second of all also there's a ton of like in the way iq tests are formed some people depending on what um class uh, social class uh, they're from if they're white or black you know the 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 questions are like also written in a way that white middle and upper class people will do better at them because the questions are put in Mm-hmm. in a certain way so it's also you know it's also kind of a racist institution like the guy who came up with the iq was also super racist yeah it's it's yeah. all that set aside it's like if corinne's gonna fail her final year yeah. of psychology <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like if you're a psychologist who brings up people with high iq will handle this well that's that's a big red flag <laughs> that that person Corinne's might like, have I've, I've been reading the bell curve and <laughs> <laughs> opinions um, but set all that aside, like even assuming having a high IQ would be something that's real, which it's not. When did anyone ever? <laughs> when did anyone ever put a correlation between having a high IQ and high empathy? It's so f- I don't know because the people who are like famously the people who put a lot of stock into IQ and are and say they have a very high IQ are like facts over feelings. I'm yeah. calculating and. Nothing matters, which is bullshit. Yeah, love is just chemicals. Exactly. 
Yeah, me at 17. <laughs> it's okay, you've grown. <laughs> um, and it's it's just so funny. I Imagine thinking that you could um, standardise test yourself out of having a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm depressed, I think I'll go do an IQ test about it. Yeah. <laughs> standardised tests, which are famously... Like, learning for standardised tests is famously good for your he- mental health. Oh, so good. It's so good. Um, and then, like, yeah, the the final part of this is their creative geniuses, which is incredible, <laughs> because at no point in the story, not not a single point, would anything indicate towards Sophia being either creative or a genius, yeah. or a creative genius. Wait, she has no hobbies. She she's just a girl. Like, people in the Goodreads uh, reviews, in the one-star ones, were calling her, calling her a Mary Sue, and I was like, she's not. She doesn't have, like, any yeah, qualities. Yeah, Mary Sue is, like... <laughs> like, to, to be a Mary Sue, you have to be good at stuff. She doesn't do stuff to be good at. Yeah. It's, it's very funny. I just think it's really funny that the vampires are using a, a psychologist with less than high school level knowledge of psychology. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna... Okay, so before we recorded, I was like... Uh, messing around on some like on like PubMed and looking and like Google Scholar looking for um like uh, not clinical trials but studies into this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, God, what is it? Low latent inhibition is basically mm. like the ability to latent inhibition is basically <laughs> the ability to ignore stimuli you're already familiar with. So, like um, an example would be if you walk into a room and every single time you walk into a room, you have to figure out what a doorknob is or that that is a doorknob. Like you don't have to think about what kind of doorknob, like how to turn it, whatever you just kind of do it. Um, or it's walking into a room and seeing that your friends are there, but like someone new is there and you focus on the new person because it's brand new information. Theoretically people with, um, low latent inhibition can't do it as well so they get overwhelmed by too much external stimuli that they're not used to even though they are used to it yeah. so like kids have it because they haven't learned anything because um, they don't have that familiarity um, and it's also there's examples of it like with autism and ADHD maybe but basically it isn't recognised by the DSM-5 or any other like um, uh, what would you call them? Like mental, I want to say mental illness catalogs, but that's <laughs> the wrong way of putting it. One of the characters in Prison Break apparently has it, which I don't know. I haven't seen that show. You'll be interested to know <laughs> that uh-huh. <laughs> I looked up a paper on it, and the first one that comes up is a 2003 meta analysis about IQ affecting empathy and creativity in adults with <laughs> LLI. Now, guys, Interesting. guys, if I tell you that this paper is from the University of Toronto, can you hazard a guess as to who one of the authors might be? Is it Jordan it is. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> what the ah. Interesting connections going on here. This is uh, very interesting. (laughs) It's insane. I can't read the paper because we don't live in a society where information is democratised and I had to pay like £15. But I can tell you that this meta-analysis is of only two studies, which to me is more of a comparative study. Um, 
And uh-huh. it also uses IQ as a metric. So this study from 2003 is still using IQ as like a valid... Mm-hmm. I can't believe you're questioning the scientific integrity <laughs> of Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm surprised too. I, that was so funny because I clicked on it. I was there like, J.B. Peterson, that's not who I think it is. And it was. It's like... That's so incredible. And it's basically, you can't chart anything with IQ so that even though I can't see the study, it is bullshit. Um, <laughs> bold claim to make of something I haven't read, but most of the stuff that comes up with like LLI is in acute schizophrenic patients and basically nothing else. And that's hard to sort out as it is because schizophrenia is a very wide term um there mm-hmm. is a website called like lowlatentinhibition.org for people who think that they have it and it has like a pros and cons list um of having it which i thought was interesting yeah okay i'm accessing this article <laughs> <laughs> using sci-hub <laughs> what variables are they using what's there how many people their analysis of two studies Conducted on youthful high IQ samples. It starts with a William Blake quote. How do you know but every bird that cuts the airy way is an immense world of light, closed by your senses Thanks, five. Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Okay, so... Method- I mean, isn't his whole thing that he writes, like, bullshit? The first study like- is of 86 Harvard undergraduates. So, oh, okay. so a normal... So a very small group of people in a very specific environment mm-hmm. who were also paid. So... Already your, like, basis is completely skewed. Um, IQ testing, stupid. (laughs) And the thing is also, like... Do you ever think about Jordan Peterson was kidnapped by his daughter and now got coronavirus? Yeah, I kind of wonder if he's dead. Um, It's fine. I was going to say, like, my sister also, like, often brings up how psychological studies are usually not worthwhile like just in general because there's so many variables to it and it's Mm -hmm. gonna and the thing is a lot of times psychological experiments are gonna be accepted as verified like as as something that's representative and that's you know that they did the experiment right and control groups and whatever Mm -hmm. and then papers are Mm -hmm. gonna gonna be published relating to that experiment and then someone does the experiment again and proves that it was completely like there was a variable that they didn't yeah. Yeah, account to it, so it's completely worthless, basically. And all wrong. the papers that were like, but all the, these papers have already been written about this, so those also become worthless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, there's a the second study in this that they look at is 96 Harvard undergraduates. So the the base the the people <laughs> the participants in the study are first of all there's 200 if you use both studies, which is already a very small number. And also they're all Harvard undergrads, which is like, already you have a class bias, you have a race bias, like, you have an age bias. They are volunteers, so you have, like, a certain type of person is going to volunteer for study. It's paid, so a certain type of person yeah. is going to get paid to volunteer for study. Yeah, this feels like, like, this happened at my university that I've seen. I did this. Mm. I'm, I'm not a psychologist student, of course, but I've seen, like... You know, things uh, advertised at my university that I can, you know, if I I can like message this one person to participate in a psychological study and they're going to pay me like 15 euros for it Mm -hmm. to like sit there for an hour and look at TV screens or whatever or do their experiments. So, yeah. 
But it's interesting because if you're yeah. going to look at um, LLI for this, the kind of person that you're trying to test for it is overwhelmed by external stimuli and probably quite shy. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. not the kind of person volunteering. Yeah, exactly. That's very funny. It's um, participants were divided into low and high creative achievement groups. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So put in your, is the creative people versus non-creative people meme again? Yeah. Um, But used for for hashtag science. Um, It's very funny. This is a very bad study, but it's got a lot of maths in it. So definitely real. (laughs) Yeah. Eminent creative achievers. Mm. So do you think this is the study that she used to write this book? She just like looked up creative mental illnesses I, and then was genuinely, like... Genuinely, I think yeah. so, because this is the first one that comes up. You have to go digging for like any actual information yeah. on it, because it's not recognised as a disorder. It's just like a Yeah, trait. probably. And, okay, I have, I have two different theories on this. One of them is more likely. Uh, the more likely one is that she really just tried to like either heard of this disorder or just try to look up something that would give my character some sort of <laughs> edge like some sort of character trait and she found this study and saw there was something with iq she probably didn't read the entire thing because there's a ton of math in it so even if the study were like correct which it probably is not uh, even then there's a high chance that you might not have fully understood it or just, you know, had just looked at the conclusion and then she put this into her book. But even then, like the things about that means you have high empathy and you're a creative genius, probably like, <laughs> yeah, it's probably like a, a bit far-fetched even for the study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says at the end, these results lend support to the theory that there may be qualitative as well as quantitative e.g. high IQ differences in the process underlying creative versus normal cognition. Oh yeah, all that qualitative so even, data you get from IQ scores. Yeah. <laughs> but even this says there may be qualitative, so, you know. My other theory is, hey, do you remember last time we did this two weeks ago? And I did a reverse Google mm-hmm. image search on the Bella Forest image that comes up if you Google Bella Forest. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was a psychologist named... <laughs> Uh, named Deborah Forrest but the same image and the same person and she hasn't been active on Twitter for a while she has a Twitter but she hasn't tweeted anything since like 20 I think she just like is Bella Forrest so what if she's Bella Forrest yeah she's just like oh my god that would be wild because it says on the back of the book that you can follow Bella Forrest on Twitter it's just I can't find No, it's just at Shade of Vampire. Yeah, and it's just just book promos. There's nothing It's just book updates, yeah. What's her name? Deborah. Yeah, and Deborah Deborah. Forrest's Twitter also says semi-retired psychologist. So what if she's, like, retired and she's only semi-retired because she she still puts psychological stuff into her books? But now, yeah. (laughs) And now she just has a book empire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I will say I was scrolling down um, the many, many books in the Shade of Vampire series, and um, I just came across number um, eight, which is called A Shade of Novak. Okay. Um, And just the tagline is, marking the second anniversary of the release of A Shade of Vampire, Derek, Sophia, and their twins have returned in a new What? (laughs) That was quick! (laughs) They have babies that fast? Oh, babies. I was just thinking that they had twins. Like, they they both just happened to oh. have a secret identical twin. But it makes oh, more sense I if think they, they have, have babies. babies. Yeah. 
<laughs> Knowing that the Harley Merlin series also leads to that point. Well, I mean, because Vivienne mm. and Derek are twins. So, mm. I mean, you could be reading that correctly. I don't think... I uh, think if they had, like, twin twin siblings themselves, it would put it a diff- in a different way. Like, then... I better say, reading the descriptions of these is... Reading the descriptions of these is really ruining the um, tension in the Derek-Ben <laughs> love triangle. Did you know that number seven was the number two bestseller in the entire Kindle store? Um, what? Well, I I will say that when I was looking at the Goodreads reviews, one person was saying in 2014 that the series had a good length. So, I mean, they're wrong now, but I think initially people were probably like, ah, oh, this is a nice amount of books. The guy yeah. on the cover just gets more and more muscle each mm-hmm. time, which is great. Yeah, that's also a thing uh, I forgot to mention. Like, cause I think we've discussed the main discussion points at this point, but there's still like some yeah. weird details in this book. One of them is that every time Bella Forrest writes about anyone's body parts and what they're doing, it's mm. so weird. <laughs> She likes to mention people's hair color all the mm. time. That's a thing. Which is pretty young adult fiction. Yeah, that's like normal. But every time either Ben or Derek do something with their arms, it's going to be, he grabbed me with his strong arms. Yeah, that's <laughs> not abnormal. Uh, and then there's, let me see if I can find this part early on. Number three is called A Castle of Sand, and it's because the description says what Sophia has with Derek feels like a sandcastle. <laughs> Tim Perry, and something that the waves of life and time will soon ruin. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, oh, they go to Egypt. Uh-oh. That's cool. It's like some Yu-Gi-Oh shit. Okay, so D- Derek Novak and Sophia Claremont's story is only a seven-book series, it completes in book seven, A Break of Day, and the characters embark on entirely new adventures from book eight, A Shade of Novag. Oh yeah, I found the, I found the part I was, I was talking about. Like, this is pretty early. This is at the part where she is sad about uh, Ben leaving her uh, for Tanya. Mm-hmm. And she says, <laughs> I tossed and turned that night, unable to sleep. I always slept with earplugs in to help soften the noises that I was so overly attuned to. But that night... Even with my thickest pair of earplugs in, I found myself restless and showing no signs of falling asleep anytime soon, even though my eyes were heavy from crying. She's got heavy (laughs) eyes and thick earplugs. (laughs) Heavy eyes, thick ears. Can't lose. (laughs) Like, that's not, if you make earplugs thicker, they're not gonna help. You're just gonna hear the pulse of your own uh, heartbeat stronger, louder. Yeah. I just, I love all the names of these books. I'm going through it, and they are definitely just, like, plugging words into a generator and coming up with, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a, a something of something titles. I just noticed the part in this I, book that's ripped, like, whole cloth from Beauty and the Beast. What, the bit where they're, like... Well, it's like he's... This is Yeah, he's throwing her around, and he takes her to his library, and he's like, it's yours now. Take whatever you want. That's literally uh-huh. from Beauty and the Beast. And then, yeah, and then she stuff. says her favorite book is A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. Oh yeah, no, I did highlight that because it's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. Favorite book? <laughs> it just seemed weird. Like she likes it. Okay, I'm just gonna read out some more like stray notes that I have, or mm-hmm. like uh, you know parts that are like quotes that I marked. Um, 
So that's very early when they go on a family vacation uh, and are sitting in the in the airplane. There's a sentence that Ben says that just like she turns to her and she says, "What are you most looking forward to?" Which is <laughs> very natural, normally put sentence to just say out loud as a person. I don't know. I think I would say that probably. That's not. What are you most looking forward to? <laughs> It's like it's a bit of interviewy, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like especially without any lead up, like just turning mm-hmm. to her. Uh, then there's a bit later <laughs> when she wants to confess to Ben. She says, "I felt my lips almost itching to finally just spit it out." <laughs> They're almost itching. Mm. They're almost uh-huh. doing something. <laughs> almost itching. That would um, make her do something. Mm. Then when she meets uh, Lucas. She describes him as words couldn't do justice to how striking a man he was. He was almost beautiful. What? Almost beautiful. <laughs> almost beautiful. He was striking, but he's not beautiful. He's just like looks interesting. She's like he's interesting, but he's like all right. He's almost getting. I wonder if this is like when you see when you see an actor on a, in a TV show or whatever or a, or a movie who isn't like a conventionally good looking guy, but he's still hot or or, or she's still hot. Maybe it's like that, but I'm. I, I think I'm once again giving Bella Forrest too much credit here. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Then, like right after that, she's there's just a line that says, "I I tasted the flavor of cherry chapstick on my lips." What's that? Taste of my cherry. Taste chapstick. of the flavor of my cherry chapstick. <laughs> it's just so poorly written. Like, oh yeah, there's another part where she thinks. I was about to be eaten alive by a vampire. Like this is this is still very at the beginning where she first meets a vampire. Vampires famous for eating people alive, not anything else. Well, there's no vampire film, so she doesn't. <laughs> That's know. true. She doesn't know anything about vampires. Yeah, vampires are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eating people alive and you know can't be killed. Being horny, having seventeen-year-old um, slaves. Um. It's cool. Can we should we wrap up? <laughs> I'm trying to just think if I've got let me just check my notes real quick. I like okay, so there's one thing that I just wanted to point out because I think it's funny. Um when Sophia makes her like very feeble escape attempt for the first time, Derek like gets rid of the guards who are trying to um attack her, and then he says like even if you left this island, you'd have to swim past the sharks to get to the mainland, which is <laughs> The shade is an uh-huh. island surrounded by sharks. Yeah. I've got to be honest. Um, so there's this bit in the in the second one. Um, so at one point during this, Derek just like drinks a girl because she's a hunter and it's fine. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This this also gets it, mentioned in this book a lot. Like there's there's a part where Sophia yeah, is yeah. like, oh, he's hot and nice. Uh, and we were getting along great. Sometimes he drank out an entire girl. But I tried not to question about him because it was better for <laughs> both of us if we don't talk about yeah. this. Cool. <laughs> great. So in the second book, it's revealed that this hunter tries to help Ben escape. Um, but he's caught and that's when his knife tortures begin and he watches Derek over CCTV drink this girl to death because it's like Claudia torture mm. um, and he tells he tells Sophia this to try and get her to join the hunters with him and she's like eh I know <laughs> she's like I don't actually it's meant to be like a big yeah, reveal she's like I don't actually care about like, anybody else and it just reminds me of, um, do you know that community episode where they're telling horror stories and there's the vampire story? Yes. Well, they they take, it's like they're telling a story about vampires and the vampire 
Jeff goes to the cupboard and takes out um, Britta, who's like a vampire victim, and she's covered in bite wounds, and she's like, I'm fine with this. <laughs> That's just what this reminds me uh-huh. of. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's just don't fine. worry about it. It's yeah, okay. like, this is once again something that could be done... Like, this could be interesting if she just knows that he's a bad guy, but she's like, Billy Eilish was, I'm gonna become the bad guy too. You know, yeah. and then it's about the break between them, how Ben becomes a hunter and she becomes a vampire, and it's, you know, there could be, like, tension or drama explored in that, but once again, I don't think. <laughs> Theme? In my series? Mm. <laughs> Less likely than you think. <laughs> This yeah. is, it's just weird. There's this other part, if we're talking about themes, there's this bit where, like, she's just arrived on the island and Vivienne's showing Derek, like, where everything is and she points up to the trees and he's like, how did you, why did you put them up there? And she's like, because you asked us to. And then they look at each other. And it's like, <laughs> the fear feels jealous of the sibling relationship Derek and Vivienne have, which makes sense for her character because she is fostered or kind of, and she doesn't have siblings, so, like... I get wanting that, mm. but the foster sibling she does have, she has a crush on. And also she's known mm. these guys for about an hour and she's fresh into adjusting an environment where she's been kidnapped. And she's like... But she's like, wow, I wish I had a sibling. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had what they have. Oh, I almost forgot to mention this part. Like, this is another part where I just like, what, what, what the fuck is happening? Because she's like, when... Like, there's a part... Because once again, this book is weirdly paced. Uh... At like after like thirty pages, she's in the shade, and then she's staying there for the rest of the book, and nothing happens. Uh, and this is also like when she gets abducted into the shade is also the last time Ben gets mentioned, up until like page two hundred and twenty, mm. when she thinks. I'm not quoting here, like I don't have the quote here, but she think, thinks basically there hasn't been a waking minute where I wasn't thinking about Ben and what's going on with him. <laughs> This, that's not true. She was He was not once mentioned since then. I know. She, you can't tell me you've been constantly thinking about him when we've been inside your thoughts. <laughs> you can't just, like, mm-hmm. can't just lie to get out of having to write something. It's yeah. very funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... Okay. One more funny quote is towards the end uh, where she's like, oh, no, I'll have to leave Ben. And she says... It was the first time I realized that once I left, it was goodbye forever. It wasn't like I could just go online and video chat with him. Why not? <laughs> you teach, you're teaching him technology, yeah. Yeah. Why the fuck not? <laughs> There's no it. internet in the shades. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, I mean, he could also leave. But he does have a phone. Yeah, like, but no, but he couldn't, when she tried to use it earlier in the book, she couldn't contact anyone like outside the shade. Though he seems to be able to contact people inside the shade, so it's like maybe they have like a yeah, regional I don't network. Know. The whole technology thing is also like because Derek has been locked away for four hundred years, and it barely shows on his character. Like, there's mm-hmm. three points in the book basically where it's mentioned that he doesn't know modern technology, and Sophia has to teach him. But like, he he doesn't like he's not like constantly confused what what the fuck is going on in the world he's like it it doesn't matter at all yeah he's just a he's just a guy mm. like he doesn't speak yeah. in a sort of archaic kind of way he just sounds like a guy <laughs> yeah <sighs> okay i would done with shade of vampire cuz um, i think we talked about the major yeah, things yeah i think so 
And so, so yeah, next time we can talk about because I read Darklight over the time we were reading this, and I do really want to talk about it. But I think we should all read it before mm-hmm. we talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds great. I think it's also just really quickly. It's important to mention that this. I mean, obviously, this was written in 2012, and Harley Mullen was like 2018. So, yeah. theoretically, Bella has had time to develop as an author since then. Yeah, she but, honed her skills. But, um, uh, in my mind, this book is written by an entirely different person who wrote Harley Merlin. So, just from the <laughs> way it is. There's... It does seem like it. And from yeah, the excerpts I, think... I, read from, I read from Darklight and from the fucking... I don't remember the title, but I also read, like bits of the intro chapter of like one of her detective novels which was also like it was an insane few paragraphs but also seemed to be written by an entirely different person mm-hmm. yes uh i think either she got a lot of help from an editor writing the rest of them but i think it's far more likely that they are just completely different people because the style is completely different and they're far more competent than this is it's probably just like a bunch of people like it's just a group of people who are writing these uh i wonder if at least the same person writes all of the books in one series yeah i mean uh, maybe yes i've bought the second harley merlin so i can find out but gonna have to look up if the like newer shade of vampire books are also like similar to this one mm. like when there's like <laughs> we just skip like 90 we go to shade of middle, kiev just go to the, the last one i do want to know about vampire slap squatting yes i do want to read the kiev trilogy or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay calling it yeah let's call this a day <laughs> okay Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye